a shout out to our sponsor, Natera, and the great team there. They have developed a new kind of test called Signatera that can detect cancer recurrence as much as a year earlier than imaging. It's something that I use. Ask your doctor if Signatera is right for you. Welcome to the Man Up to Cancer podcast. I'm Trevor Maxwell. I'm a stage four colon cancer survivor, and I've got a message for other men. You don't have to go through this alone. What does it mean to man up to cancer? It means reaching out instead of isolating. It means having the courage to accept help along the way. To me, manning up isn't just about being tough. It's about knowing that we're stronger and smarter as a pack than we are as lone wolves. Hey everybody, welcome to the Man Up to Cancer podcast. I am excited to have another Canadian with us today. We are we are really uh, expanding our territory into Canada for sure. So this guy, Boyd Dunleavy, he lives not too far north of me actually. I'm here in Maine. He's up in Moncton, New Brunswick, Canada. He's a survivor of, I believe, acute myeloid leukemia. Right, Boyd? Two, twice? Twice. Yeah, twice. Okay. Two-time and, blood cancer survivor. Yes, sir. <laughs> Two-time blood cancer survivor. Boyd will run the Boston Marathon this month. For the fourth time. For the fourth time. And I believe this is going to be his 10th marathon, 10 years since he had a life-saving stem cell transplant. That is 100% accurate. Thank you. (laughs) Welcome to the show, brother. Thanks, Trevor. So what's happening up there in Moncton? I, you know, it's funny because when you're down here in the States, even though I live in Maine, my knowledge of our maritime neighbors is low. Although we did go to Nova Scotia for our honeymoon, which was like amazingly beautiful, but my New Brunswick knowledge is low. Tell me a little bit about uh, the area you live in. Uh, so for context, um, I am from Western Canada. I grew up in the Vancouver area. Oh, okay. How'd you, yeah. So now you're, how did I get up coast to coast? So, um, <laughs> In 1999, I went to Australia for a couple of years and met a fellow Canadian who was from Ontario. And we lived in Toronto for a year and I wanted to own a home. So we found London, Ontario on the internet. Nice. Moved there in 2002. And my wife's dad is a maritimer. He's from Sydney, Nova Scotia, which is the east Uh, end of, of Nova Scotia. And beautiful place. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, six years ago, we came out here for a wedding and I was, I was blown away how friendly everybody was and just, you know, people wanting to talk. And so my in-laws actually started talking about, you know, would we move, would they move East? Would they move East? And two years ago this month, uh, as Mike Tyson said, everyone has a plan until you get punched in the mouth. <laughs> And so <laughs> that's one of my favorites. I, 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 I would swear in a Bible uh, in 2020, I was approved to run the London England marathon and the Berlin marathon. I thought this was going to happen. And then that didn't happen. Oh, and, no, right. Right. So a year into everything um, last year, my wife's we're in March. Yeah. And she goes, do you want to move to the Maritimes? I said, okay. She's like, you didn't even, <laughs> you didn't even blink. I said, well, I, I was watching Grant Cardone do some podcast. He said, say yes to everything and then figure it out. Oh, and awesome. sorry, we're in Moncton, yeah. New Brunswick. We're in Moncton, yeah. New Brunswick. So Moncton is the kind of hub of transportation. If you're coming through Quebec, 
or yes. even Maine to get to yep. PEI, to get to Nova Scotia, or to get to Newfoundland, you go through Moncton. And so when there were trains operating, trains would come through here. It's 15 minutes to the ocean. It's it's really neat. It's a neat city. And yeah, I've got to check it out because I've just, been you just, know, for, I've, just for fun. We actually bought a home in Dieppe, which is the French part. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which is, you know, it's 10, 15 minutes, but I can look out my window and there's a river there and it's neat. It is really neat. And I think just people's attitudes is it's refreshing. So we are going to dive into your cancer journey, but before we yes. do that, let's, let's talk about the Boston freaking marathon. So <laughs> you, you took the words out of my mouth. So, yeah. So what are you, what are you looking forward to most for this year? Well, the first year I ran it. Okay. As we were finishing the race, um, I, I'm allowed a guide runner, I'm a mobility impaired athlete, kind of like a visually impaired guy. Mm. Yeah. I see this huge guy, huge, big guy. He's like laboring. He's got his headphones on. He's like dying. And I just oh. reach over and I punch him in the arm as hard as I can. <laughs> and I said, dude, it's the Boston, not freaking yeah, marathon. Yeah. And the best part was it goes, you're right. And he perked up and he <laughs> took off. And it's, 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 it's an ex- expletive it's the boston boston fucking marathon. marathon let's just say it yeah let's yeah just, yeah let's go there. um so for context i was there in 2011 with my best friend for a hockey game and we saw our vancouver canucks get destroyed by the bruins in the final no. yes. i know i know we you know we we're i mean oh we're sorry vancouver we wanted to see the experience city and see all that stuff right and i made a joke with my pal and said the only way that i'll go back to boston is to run the marathon it's kind of like you know, seeing the bulls of Spain or, yeah, or yeah. whatever. And six weeks later, I got sick with cancer. Oh, my God. I know. I know. So all that to say, what does this mean? <laughs> I can't believe that this is Boston number four in my 10th per in-person marathon. Um, it, it, it's, Amazing. I, I'm in there. I'm in their racers guy. There's me in the yellow. Yeah, that, so he's, right he's, there. he's that's, showing that's, me the racers guide, and he's right in the the Boston Marathon racers guide. There's right. there's our buddy Boyd. There's Boyd in yellow, and um, and you know my wife my wife has always said, you know, ah, oh, don't try not to draw attention to yourself, and then the, she just knows there's times where it's just, oh, there's Boyd right in a in a magazine on television. So uh, in years past context, I have had twenty five different people over the years say. Come up to me, one of the picture with me. They're like, oh, you're Boyd. Yeah. You're Boyd. I'm like, oh my <laughs> gosh. It's like, so. Legend. I have never had an emotional moment. Like the day before the Boston Marathon is the Sunday and the, the runners go to the finish line the day before and get their photo together. And it, it okay. literally felt like, it's going to sound weird, but it felt like heaven. All these people were there and they were welcoming me and people knew me and other people was meeting. It, I've, it, it was, it felt out of body and to have this experience one more time, the last time I was there was in 2018 and for context, it was the worst weather they had had in 40 years, 80 people were hospitalized. It was like a 15 hour, 50 hour mile per hour wind storm in our face, nonstop rain. I think I remember that people were hospitalized elite uh, three different elite females started doing the chicken leg in Ooh. front of us, you know, where your legs are collapsing. Oh yeah. And we, my, my guide Ron and I are running to get these people help. To, like, that's my experience. I'm like, this is, this is nonsense. And so I thought, Oh, you know, I did it 
somebody said I would never do it. So I went three times and I thought, you know, I was good. And so that was 2018. And to then have everything pivot, right? Like my, my goals in late 2019 were to go to Europe, run these two marathons, go to Tokyo, run the big six and retire after a dozen marathons from marathon running. And then life took a big pivot. So it's like, okay, how do you want to change? And so there, there's no just about Boston and there's no, oh, well, I'm going to that race. This is the event. And, you know, in yeah. England, they might argue that London is exciting, but this is the Boston Marathon. Yeah. And so to be now a Maritimer and going back and, mm. and seeing this, it is, it's going to be exciting, Re- regardless of, of how long it takes to run it, right? That's, that, that's not yeah. the point. Right, right. Right. You know, uh, I, I'm not there to compete with the fastest athletes. It's just an absolute honor and privilege to be able to run it. So, yeah. Tell, so tell before, and I do want to get to 2011, but explain to our, to the folks out there today, listening to this, why you run it. Why I run marathons or Boston? Why you, why you run marathons in general? Why I run marathons. So in 2013, uh, a friend approached me at the YMCA. I was doing some we can call it rehab. There was a cancer support clinic that you could do your own workouts at the YMCA. Yes. And a friend came up and said, I'd like to run a marathon for you with the Leukemia Lymphoma Society. I'm like, that sounds great. I said, where is Damn. it? It was Alaska. Uh, yeah. Oh. I said, okay. I said, I'm coming. I'm coming. <laughs> and we raised 10,000 US dollars for this guy to run a marathon for me. And Trevor, that was, that was so much fun because people were running for you and this is great. And I came home from that trip. Um, and just for context, we can circle back to it. But yeah. I live with chronic nerve pain. I live with a brain injury. I have balance issues. I have nonstop ongoing problems from the treatments, not yeah. the cancer. Thanks, cancer. Yeah. Well, whatever. I bought a pair of shoes and I started running. And that was <laughs> July, June or July of 2013. I haven't looked back. Damn. And so a year and a half later, uh, my first marathon was at Disney. And I'm like, hey, I'm a blood cancer survivor. What do you guys think? Oh, so I got to speak on stage before 20,000 people. So why do I run? Because one, people said I never would. Two, mm. some guy made the mistake of telling me I'd never run Boston. So I went three straight times. And people tell me, my, my mother-in-law gave me the greatest compliment I've ever had. She goes, boy, you're the most determined person I've ever met. So why do I run? Because yeah. A, people said I couldn't. And then two, I know for a fact that my story gives people hope. And, you know, along the way, I have lost friends. I've lost a lot of friends. And along the way, I don't know about you, but like cancer just seems to, you know, like when you see a Volkswagen car on the road or you're driving on and then you see them everywhere. I'm sure you can relate. Once Great you've had analogy. Cancer, yep. You're just bumping into people constantly. And I know my story gives people hope. And when we tie back into who my donor was and all that other stuff, it's going to explain it a bit better, but yeah, I'm like the first guy in all of Ontario. We lived in Ontario and possibly Canada to have had a stem cell transplant and run the freaking Boston marathon. And please, <laughs> if anybody out there has met another Canadian that has done this, I want to meet them. Yeah. It's a lonely road. It so, is sad and grievous. I'm excellent explanation. Note to world. Don't challenge Boyd Dunleavy to <laughs> to to do something just absolutely crazy and life threatening because it sounds like he would probably do it. Um, secondly, about your point on like the 
the seeing the the Volkswagen bugs everywhere. I, I swear now, not only do I run into cancer people everywhere, but I think I just have like a sign. I, I must have. Maybe it's the sweatshirt I'm wearing. But I think otherwise, I, uh, if I'm not wearing my men up to cancer stuff, people still open up to me. They're like, like random people at the bank will just turn to me and like start a conversation about how they had cancer. And I, I feel like we're just putting off like the vibe that says, talk to us about cancer. <laughs> There's, um, I was talking to my neighbor yesterday and his name's Stefan. I'm like, that guy carries himself with authority. Anyone named Stefan has to carry them. But he carries himself with authority. And so people are attracted to people with authority or people that have a voice to speak. I, I sincerely believe that. And I think when you have a platform and you have right. a thing, people are attracted to it, right? Because I mean, a lot of people out there, um, I mean, we all have our own struggles and in, in, in whatever, but people want yeah. a good news story and they want hope. 100%. 100%. So, so take us back to 2011. So you get diagnosed with this rare blood cancer. Doctors are looking at you being like, Boyd, you're going to be lucky to make it out. out no, of this. You, won't, like, you won't live the year yeah, tell, without us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah so, tell us about it. Um, it was Canada Day 2011, which is July 1st. Independence Day is the 4th of July. <clears throat> Um, we were at a picnic. My wife's like, there's something wrong with you. My wife's, my pastor's wife, Cheryl, she's like, boy, there's something wrong with you. And so we went to the, I went to the hospital. No, no, no. I went to my family doctor and they ordered blood work and they're like, your, your, your blood counts have plummeted and, um, you need to get in the hospital immediately. And so how did you feel at that point? Did you feel sick? Uh, I was tired for weeks on end i had nosebleeds oh here's okay. the here's a funny not funny moment so anybody that's had acupuncture knows that acupuncture is for healing the needles are one one hundredth the thickness of a normal needle you right. get acupuncture and you're like your legs should not start bleeding my legs were bleeding from having acupuncture i thought i had the flu oh god and yeah i know i know that so <laughs> i'm not i'm not i'm not opposed to it but i've never i've never got back to acupuncture so <laughs> Anyways, um, after three rounds of chemotherapy, after the first round, they're like, look, you're in remission. Just don't tell anybody. Because when people think you're in remission, they think, oh, well, the key, you need to stop the treatments. Like, right. You're in remission. We got to do another round and another round and another round. And after three months, they're like, without a trans uh, life-saving stem cell transplant from an unrelated donor, you won't live the year. Oh, shit. Yeah, big SHIT. So <laughs> the community in London, Ontario did a rally. They did a fundraiser that is stem cell drive. I was on the radio and took my kids to Disney May 2nd. It's May 2nd or 3rd of 2012. Um, I had a life-saving stem cell transplant. That was, that was really, 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 really difficult. It was the most so, difficult thing I've been through. So let me just get this straight. So, so you would, you got, you got into remission a couple of times, but at that whole time you were, you were still needing a the transplant. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then I've got people, oh, we're believing for you and we're having faith. And God told us that you don't need to have a transplant. I'm like, yo. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yo. Um, <laughs> don't get me going down that road today, boy. Yo. <laughs> I just, it's like, look, thank you for having faith that God's healing me. But, you know, we got we to gotta, we gotta go with. Yeah, my, my multiplying, my cells are, are disagreeing. So <laughs> it's, like, it's like you're driving a really beautiful car and the engine's gone and you got to replace the engine block and right. that's how we looked at it i mean it was 
37. So it wasn't like I was old, you know, just for context, anybody that's had acute myeloid leukemia and is in their sixties or seventies, a lot of those people don't make it. Right. The, there was a girl named Aaron dance in 2016. Um, this was so sad. Friends were like, Boyd, you gotta, gotta encourage her. She was from Ontario. She lived in Vancouver. She had acute myeloid leukemia. They couldn't get it into remission. They raised $800,000 to send her to Texas for life-saving research to try and get it into remission. And she couldn't get in remission. She died. She was dead within eight months. Ugh. And she was like 10 years younger than me. I just, that still bothers me. And it still makes me sad that this happened. And so uh, come home from that. And like the first hundred days post-transplant, you're susceptible to everything. You have no immune system. You have somebody else's immune system. Yeah. And we found out afterwards, it was actually the, first round of chemotherapy poisoned my brainstem, which permanently medically disabled me. And then on top of that, a virus called CMV. Um, it's cousin to the herpes virus, I guess, would be whatever. It's just like, you know, you get in your yeah. mouth. But when you have yeah. no immune system, it literally it caused transverse myelitis, which is spinal cord damage to the C3 and the oh, L5 damn. neuropathy. And, you know, this was, a, this was another thing that was wild. So I got a letter in the mail from the London, Ontario hospital. How's the service? I said, well, other than a brain injury and spinal cord trauma and damaged my teeth and nerve damage and vision problems, it was a perfect success. <laughs> it was hundred percent. But the, the thing was like, like for your body to take somebody else's stem cells or bone marrow, that is Frankenstein. Yes. Yeah, so, so, who is tell us who uh nathan barnes is and how you found and how you found this is the this is the thing right this is the yeah this this is is the part where i it it, okay so in context the average person who is a caucasian individual has a stem cell transplant and they're probably german and the reason is in germany you're put into the program and then you opt out whereas in canada or north america you choose to opt in the perfect type of stem cell donor is a male between 17 and 35 men on average. These are just statistics generally yeah. are th- have 30% thicker bone mass, 30% bigger bone density. Right. And because when women have children, their immune system improves, which is not good for donating stem cells because it would attack the new body. So anyways, we thought, Oh, maybe it's going to be some guy named Frederick from Germany. And yeah. a year, you have to wait a year to meet your donor. Uh, or to connect with them because you only have like a 30% chance of living. So I guess people die, right? You give your stem cells and then they die. So it didn't die. And they're like, okay, your stem cell donor is a guy named Nathan Barnes. I'm like, cool. I'm like, who is this guy? Well, this guy is an American Naval serviceman who is serving your country. He was serving the U S Navy in Japan when he got the call. This is a one in a million thing. I, I, I am still in shock how he had opted to join the registry as an 18 year old in high school in like a place like Dakota. Wow. And then served and was deployed. But the fact that the Navy didn't, you know, oh, he's doing his thing and, and just say too bad for that guy. Right. They paid to fly him to Washington, D.C. to the, to the U.S. Hell stem- yeah. I know. Oh my God. So like... <laughs> You know, it's funny. Is that song in the Navy? <laughs> I was like, that's them. We want you. That yeah. guy saved my life. They're this coming guy, to save your life. Wow. An American Naval serviceman. And so we're like, we got to meet him. 
And he's like, I'd love to meet, but I'm serving my country. And he was deployed to Japan, San Diego, all over the world. Before we met him, I think he had been in Afghanistan. He was 24 years old when he donated his stem cells. So he's this young guy. Now's the time in the show where we take a quick break to thank today's sponsor, Natera. Man Up to Cancer only partners with companies and organizations that provide a direct benefit for our community. Is the cancer coming back? This is something that I've wrestled with and probably the biggest fear at the back of every patient's mind at some point during our treatment journey. That's why I want to tell you about Signatera. It's a new kind of test that is custom designed for each patient to detect recurrence earlier, as much as a year earlier than existing standard of care tools such as CEA and imaging. The Signatera test is incredibly unique in that it's personalized for you because it detects mutations found in your own tumors. Knowing early if there are small traces of cancer in your body can help you and your care team plan a more informed treatment strategy. Ask your doctor if Signatera is right for you. You can also find them at natera.com. That's N-A-T-E-R-A.com backslash Signatera patients. We'll put meeting Nathan on pause. Okay. Well, can we just say, hold that thought. I just want to shout out real quick. Nathan, we know you're going to hear this episode. You are a legend. You're a freaking badass and a hero in so many ways. <laughs> Thank you for what you've done for Boyd and his family and for all of us in the cancer community, man. That's amazing. He's my freaking Steve Rogers. <laughs> He's literally my Captain America. So, uh, yeah. So, He's so go my ahead. hero. He's my hero. Like, wait, uh, we'll come back to it. I met him in late 2019. Amazing. Um, we've been friends on Facebook for like eight years. He got married at Chris- just the week before Christmas. And him and his new wife, Kim, they FaceTime me after the wedding. Obviously, I wanted to go, but we couldn't because of, you know, lockdown in Canada and all this stuff. And like, I'm in tears. I'm crying my eyes out. I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like, we just, I love you guys. And they're like, yeah, you know, most guys aren't like, I love you back. But like, it's like, wow, this, this, this is the guy. This yeah. is the guy. Yeah. And yeah. so, uh, well, circle. You want to circle back to the running thing because it took seven years to meet him, right? So yeah, absolutely. Well, about so the running thing. So before, prior to cancer, so yeah. it sounds like 2013 is when you started running like freaking right. Forrest Gump. But prior yeah. to cancer, you you weren't you were not a runner, oh, or I were you just a, a okay? You hated running. Before <laughs> <cancer>. <laughs> no, prior, prior to, to, to 2011, I liked being a fat, slightly overweight mortgage broker, and I thought that <laughs> golfing was good for you. I thought that being a golfer was working out, right? Yeah, you, you golf for six hours and that's that's not have a couple of beers. And, <laughs> you know, you're a size thirty eight pant, and I thought that was the thing. And in two thousand eight, I actually tried running a bit, and I thought, oh, this is horrible. Hey, who wants to do that? It hurt. <laughs> it hurt. And I had never done any races or anything, but. I tried cycling and so I had done some 50, 75 kilometer bike rides for different charities and never a race, but cycling is again, not as challenging as running. Right. And so, yeah, no, it wasn't even on the thing, but just watching that guy run a marathon for me in Alaska, his name was Gil Cleland, like. It just awesome. it changed. Yeah. I, I, I haven't had one life-changing experience. I've had 15, right? Yeah, yeah. And so I came home from that and started running. And in spite of all the health problems, I 
did a 10k race and then you know did a two years after my transplant i did this 30 kilometer road race in hamilton ontario called the around the bay road race and i thought oh good night this is horrible it was 30 kilometers and running for me is just as much about mental health and being in control because a lot of people over the years well why don't you work i'm like because i have a brain injury and my head doesn't work like it used to and i've never been cleared to go back to work so this is not me milking the system this is like like in one year i had 200 medical appointments for a week for a week that's exhausting that's exhausting for anybody absolutely you're a professional patient at that point no i said i'm a junior citizen there you go a junior i got like a senior citizen you just go from doctor's appointment to doctor's i'm a junior citizen me and all the grannies right and they all the old guys the junior citizen so anyways um summer of 2014 mental health was an issue and my wife's like look the disney marathon has some spots open up. This was September 20th. She goes, you should just go run the, the freaking marathon. And so um, I had run seven half, half marathons in 2014 and hated all of it and never wanted to run a marathon. And then I ran Disney. And the night before the marathon, this friend from London, Ontario, and Walter's like, hey, Boyd, I'm in the same hotel as you, which is like, there's 28 hotels at Disney. <laughs> right. <laughs> so would you like me to guide you? I'm like, oh my gosh, that'd be perfect. So we ran this thing. I remember at mile 25, he's like, Boyd, you're a marathoner. I'm like, shut up. There's a mile to go. And I'm like, I'm just sobbing <laughs> and blubbering and just like, I can't breathe and finish that thing. And the, the, the overall feedback is something I'll never forget. It was January 5th, January 11th, 2015. And the, I just remember putting on Facebook, I, I, I am a marathoner. Cancer did not win. Thank you, Jesus. Something like that. And the feedback was <laughs> like thousands of people, thousands and thousands of people. Just the the thing yeah, was man. huge. And I remember thinking, well, that was horrible. Uh, I remember thinking to myself, the only way marathon that I would even consider doing again is Boston. Because not doing again, let me rephrase that. The only marathon that I would consider doing after running a marathon is to go back to Boston. Because at that point, I hadn't gone back to Boston. I said, right. the only way I'm going, like, like I remember reading an article in 2009 from Rick Riley, the guy that would do the article. The sure. back of Sports oh, Illustrated. Yeah. 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 Uh, you would talk about different things. And I remember him talking about the three things he wanted to see in his life, the Eiffel tower. I mean, I'm paraphrasing this, the running of the bulls of Spain and the day after the Boston marathon, where the guys have to walk down the stairs at Logan airport and their legs are trapped. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, that would be super cool. And so it took five years to go from my cancer diagnosis in 2011 to running the Boston Marathon in 2016. And I tried a whole bunch of ways. I tried, was I going to guide somebody that was visually impaired that fell through? Was I going to run as a charity runner that fell through? And I sent in my application. I said, this is my health history. Normally you need like three hours to qualify for Boston. My marathon was just over five hours. This is my health history. I have chronic disabilities. What do you think? And eight months later, after calling and emailing and calling 300 Being times per- persistent i'm getting a vibe from you on that 300 times i'm like <laughs> look you guys like are we doing this or are we not doing this stop i, I said if you're going to say no just say it stop right, dragging right, this thing right, on right and you know they ask questions they ask my uh they, i remember seeing a neurologist his name was dr chris watling and he happened to be a runner and that was super cool because i'm like look i run in spite of the health issues the health issues have not resolved themselves i run in spite of this 
and he got it. And so we signed the letter and I was accepted to run the Boston Marathon they, late so, 2015. Yeah, they, they, so they pro- late 2015, but they, they probably just don't want you to die. Like here's boy Dunleavy, like uh cancer warrior survivor. And like, oh, he's gone and he's down. Like that's just bad PR for Boston. You, you, so have, like, you <laughs> have a very positive spin on this, but what, the honest what, to God, I, truth of the thing was, uh, there's a certain level, uh, there's a certain level of elitism with that race. A certain no, level of, come on. I know a certain level of arrogance <laughs> in Boston. <laughs> I know it's weird. It's weird. Um, certain level of arrogance, right? Like, I mean, Catherine Switzer wanted to meet me. She, we met in 2017. I mean, you can Google her story being attacked on the course by the race marshal. So, uh, right. So you broke through the you broke I through, broke the, through the barrier, and uh, not all disabilities look the same, right? Like. Right. One guy's in a wheelchair, another guy's visually impaired. So anyways, that year was amazing. Um, John Farrell of the Boston Red Sox wanted to meet me, so I got to meet him. Great manager. There's me and John on the field at Fenway, and the, this is the best part. So the Jays were there, and so I got to meet Buck Martinez, and he was talking about me on television. And so people back in Canada were like, oh, my gosh, there's Boyd on the radio. And, and, and again, you weren't, like, using some – uh, like big charity or some like cause to like get attention. It, it was just Boyd, Boyd, the cancer runner. <laughs> just, just Boyd. I wanted to try it, you know, chair. Like I couldn't believe that the charities kept turning me down and I'm like, okay, here's a sign from God that <laughs> just go on your own. And Dude, this so is amazing. <laughs> it's, it's like, well, okay. So 2016, I thought it was a one and done. And, oh, here's the other thing. So, I took four Americans with me to Boston in 2016 because I needed people with positive energy that were cowboys and go-getters. Right. I didn't need Canadians. Then, well, you know, you really don't really. Eh, eh, eh. <laughs> not all Canadians are like that. Not all Americans are like that. But like, yeah. I wanted people with positive energy. The guy that I took as a guide that year, his name was Michael Johnson. I met him on a bus at Disney the year before the marathon, and grabbed his phone and said, "Oh, let's be friends on Facebook." He thought I was a total idiot. Like, who is this guy? And he forgot to unfriend me from his own phone. And the next day, he saw me speaking on stage before 20,000 people. He's like, okay, this guy's like, yeah, that, Hey, that's the bus guy, Boyd. That's the bus guy. And he had missed qualifying for Boston by one second. Oh, so when we created the community of the five of us, like myself, three guys, and a lady named Mary, who's, she started running her 70s because her husband had blood cancer. Like, she ran marathons in her 70s. Amazing. Yeah, amazing story, right? And sadly, he passed. But... um those were the people that that came with me and so we teased mike for years like don't talk to strangers right because you never know when you're talking to some <laughs> random or stranger danger like he was there with his brother and their kids and don't talk it's so weird i just sit down on the bus and somehow yeah, denise yeah. ended up at the back of the bus and i had a double stroller so some of the buses at disney have like a, a two-tier thing right okay. yes so i just sit down yeah. beside this guy and that's the guy <clears throat> and so <laughs> i thought it was a one-time thing we're in flint michigan in 2016 this famous 10 mile race and I, of course i ran into bill rogers who contacts bill rogers won the boston marathon four times he ran new, won new york twice this was back in the late 70s and early 80s where americans were winning marathons boston and that guy's like boy do you have an amazing story i'm like you're bill rogers <laughs> yeah. so my wife's like you know what you guys had fun you should go back and 2017 was an amazing year first of all Catherine switzer wanted to meet me so we got to do that in a private media room that year at a 25 minute personal best uh, went from 11th place mobility and paired athlete to the third place mobility and paired athlete, um, top Canadian in that field. Fantastic. And just crushed everything. 
And the one person that said I would never go, I beat them by a minute. So <laughs> thank you, unnamed you, for saying I wouldn't go. Thank you for thank yeah, you. That, yeah, no, no <laughs> more comment than that. that, right? Thank you, blank, for thank that. Thank you, blank. Um, yeah. We could insert some other words, but we're not. Just um, keep going. Yeah. So okay. So then, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Boston three times, New York, Chicago was awesome. Chicago did, was just such a cool race. Did you start to uh, hate running a little less or do you hate it just as much, but you're so fueled by your um, stubborn streak and to get everyone back who doubted you? I hate it less. And <laughs> I found over the years that those guys aren't worth even, they're not yeah. worth it. Yeah. Right, guys like that tend to fall flat on their face eventually. They're just not worth the toxic energy. Good. Um, but yeah, no, I remember training for Chicago. I did like five 20 mile runs in a six week wing, uh, uh, time span. And then the one week that I didn't, I did like a 60 kilometer bike ride for charity for the Indian Cannabis Society. And it's like Chicago is fast. Um, went back into Disney a second time in 2018, Boston again, the horrible weather said, I didn't want to do that again. New York was like, Oh my God, I love New York. I was yelling at people for four hours. I'm like, Hey, yeah, you're amazing. Thanks for being here. Like I'm yelling at police officers. I'm yelling at Hey, Hey, Hey officer. And they're like, what? And there's this one little short African-American lady. And I'm yelling, I'm way, I'm yelling at her. Hey. And she's like, what, what? And I said, what? you're amazing. Thank you for being here. And she fell on the ground laughing. She couldn't control it. I'm like, why would this, why would this idiot just yell at me that you're amazing? Love like the it. runner's running past, right? And so the the cool part about that was my guide runner was running with me. And there was a gentleman named Arnold who was from Canada. He also had uh, health issues. He had MS. And it was his first marathon. He was 60 years old. And somehow he found us halfway through the race. He's like, can I join you? So I like, absolutely. So I went from being like a disabled athlete to one of his guides. And just yelling, yeah, we're coming through, we're coming through. Oh, and just context, because of my ongoing health issues, um, I have the privilege and joined in an organization called Achilles Canada, Achilles International, which promotes people with disabilities being active. And so it's a loose affiliation, you know, you get a shirt and you sometimes get a free pair of shoes and that kind of stuff. And like when you go to a hotel, they give you a discount. It's a Achilles that Canada. Kind of, that kind of stuff. So anyways, so, so New York is Achilles head office. And that was super cool. Cause when you applied for New York, normally it's really hard, but it's like, oh, he's an Achilles athlete. He's coming. So I'm wearing this yellow Achilles shirt. And so I'm the entire race. I'm yelling, Hey, Achilles, we're coming through. And like a couple of nights before that, we were on Broadway and this Japanese movie star walks up to us and thought that we wanted his photo. Cause we're, we're doing live streaming my wife and I with her kids back oh, in right. Canada. And I said, he goes, I'm a Japanese movie star. I said, well, well I'm a Canadian movie star. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. And he walked away. <laughs> I was totally joking <laughs> with him. And so just moments like this, just moments like that. And all that to say, seven marathons in seven years. And then when we were going back to Disney for 2019, it said, this is the moment that we have to meet Nathan. Okay. This is the moment that, like, because, oh, the, the, the boat that he was on was deployed to Jacksonville, Florida. And so I said, this is... So I contacted him. So he goes, you want to do this? Because yeah, we got to do this. So, I so remind him. us, what, what year was your trans stem cell transplant? May 3rd, 2012. So 2012. So seven so, marathons so, so in seven years. Seven marathons, seven years later. Nathan. 21 half marathons, okay. a 30 kilometer road race, dozens of races, waiting to meet this guy. 
waiting to meet Nathan, seven years of waiting. And so I had the, I had to lie to my mom for like eight months. She's like, oh, we can meet Nathan. I'm like, oh no, it's not gonna work out. I lied and lied. I had to repent for lying. She yeah. put two and two together. The guy's there, like, let's do this. And so- Canadians always have a hard time with lying. <laughs> that, that's just a fact. <laughs> so, so anyways, um, Disney approached me to say, let's put it on video. So just Google boy, don't boy, don't leave you at Disney. Just Google boy, don't leave you at Disney. Grab a tissue. It's an epic moment. <sighs> we met him at Disney, right? Like you meet your stem cell donor at a restaurant. Uh, you know, you see these things like, oh, there's everybody. Uh. So I met him at Disney. He had, oh, he had never been to Disney. He'd never been to an amusement park and never been on a roller coaster. So I said, we're going on the roller coaster. So I put us to the front of the line and said, this guy's my stem cell donor. He's an American serviceman. We're going to the front of the line. They're like, thank you for your service. They're like, you're, you're way too hyper. One girl said, are you lying? I said, why would I lie? She goes, what? you're way too hyper. I said, I waited oh, seven man. years for this. So yeah, this is, this is big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I ran the wine and dine half marathon. And at the end of the race, Nathan was there to give me my medal. There's a video. Everybody cries. So, so we will put, if people want to check out this video, Boyd you can, you and Nathan. You can do the Google thing. You can you, put a link. Well, you can do the, that, but I'm going to, I'm also going to put it, I'll put the link in the show notes to this show and also on Man to Cancer social media channels. You can find it there as well. Perfect. Perfect. It's, it's, it's like, oh, there, there we go. I, I honestly thought that like to work on this thing for eight months, I had, I didn't know that this was going to come together. For eight months, I thought, oh, like, okay, so just context. He's in active service. So if they said you're gone, yeah, yeah. he was back to work, right? Awesome. His commander wasn't like, oh, okay, you know, let's do that. So anyway, so that moment happened. Um, we're like, yay. I thought I thought maybe he wanted to get us on Ellen. I said, yeah, let's try to do that. Oh, this is the funniest <laughs> part. So the day afterwards, people in California and people in New Jersey like Boyd, we saw you on Fox News. So they spelt my name wrong, and they said I ran a marathon instead of a half marathon. So I can call them out for fake news. <laughs> As a Canadian, I do not comment on your politics yeah, at all. But Fox News got my name wrong, and uh, got the race distance that's wrong. Good so. stuff. But hey, at least they doubled your. All right. At least they doubled your you running like, time. Get credit for running a marathon when you didn't, than the other way around. So we are at the point where we got to get you on the gauntlet of random questions. Is there anything else to finish up with that we haven't talked about or on your mind before I start grilling you here? Um, yeah. So for nine years, been going to a lot of funerals, friends dying, other friends suffering. Hmm. It feels very lonely. And when you're a runner, you're not, you're sort of in the running community, but you're not. In, so last fall, I remember thinking, Hey, I had heard about this cancer con thing. I don't know if there is a cancer con, mm -hmm. but I Googled it and I found this uh, group called GRYT Health and they had a conference and yep. on the conference, they asked six people, would you share your story? And I got to meet Joe, Joe Bullock. Joe Bullock, our right Joe, hand man. Our, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's like, boy, there's this group called Man Up to Cancer. And what Joe said to me is hundred percent accurate. There is not <laughs> a lot of support groups for men right. with cancer. So anyways, long story short. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And shout out to Joe because he is our cancer whisperer and finds amazing people like you and sprinkles his magic man up to cancer dust on them. And then you're in the group and here we are. And then you're in the, on the podcast. No, I'm totally being silly. <laughs> I'm being silly. No, Joe, Joe found, he's like, boy, you should join our group. So he invited us, me into the group. I think it's absolutely spectacular. And uh, 
I so look forward to the bi-weekly Thursday night meetings. And my last comment, which is hilarious, is you know who the Americans are and the Canadians are before anybody says anything? Because the Canadians all have their hand up waiting for their turn to speak. And the exactly. Americans are like, ah, oh, it's my turn. Uh, uh, yeah, excuse me. Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> You're so well, right. That's why I, 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 I love the banter. I love being around Americans. I have no issue with it. But it's just really funny to see how people behave differently. So being in Maine, it's we are kind of caught between the culture of Canada and the the other rest of the United States. And I, I, I love being polite. I love being civil. I love compromise, like all these things that are very Canadian values. And as our country has turned more toxic, if you will, I feel like I'm, I'm and through this man up to cancer process, as I've gotten so many more Canadian friends, I feel, I feel like I want some sort of special invitation or, you know, I don't need citizenship, but I feel like if I come up to Canada, I just, I just want hugs from everyone and to just everyone sit around being polite with one another. It's going to be, it's going to be awesome. It's wild until you start talking about hockey and then they get violent. Well, right. Let's leave that out. <laughs> really don't tell violent. anyone that, like, don't okay, tell anybody, <laughs> don't tell anybody I'm a Bruins fan because, oh. you know, the Habs yeah, yeah, fans yeah. will have my, you know, the most amazing thing for me as a Canucks fan, and I was obviously disappointed to see the Bruins lose, was Tim Thomas. Because oh. when he won the Stanley Cup, the first person that he wanted to find was his daughter. Beast, Tim Thomas. He wanted to find his daughter. She was in the stands. Yeah. He stopped the interview and goes, I've got to find my daughter. I'm like, dude, you are a, you're the manly man. Oh, I love it. All right. It is time. Um, <clears throat> it is time for the gauntlet of random questions. I have Please. four Four really tough questions for Boyd today. We're going to really push him here. What is your go-to food when you're having a cheat day? McDonald's. <sighs> Anything 100%. particular? Like, a, what's your meal? Whatever. Maybe a Big Mac, <laughs> maybe a quarter pound. Like, it's like, whatever the kids want, uh, that's where we go to. If they want uh, Domino's, we're doing that. I don't think twice well, about it. Love it. Absolutely. The I'm loving it. <laughs> All right, cool. As a child, what did you want to be when you grew up? Famous and have friends in the USA. Check and check. Double check. You got, I'm telling you, my love for uh, America is not without seeing the problems, if that right. makes sense. Right. Where you're uh, messy, yeah, that messy southern neighbor that you just still love no matter, no the, the, matter the what light, we, what the, we the, do. The, the light came on when we went to Disney like eight times in nine years that Americans can do Disney super well. Oh, yeah. It can be chaos everywhere else in the country, but they do Disney well because <laughs> they fix it every time. They make it magical. They do the magic. What is your most used emoji? Probably the heart. Mm, that's yeah. kind of That's kind of sweet. It is kind of sweet. I have lost a lot of friends. <laughs> no, it's true. I've lost. A I know. Lot hey, of me, you both, me too. I mean, I've been yeah. in this. I've been in this place shorter than you, but four years, and um, and now, especially with Man Up to Cancer, it's, it's like heartbreaking. Oh man, what the hell did I sign up for? But you know, hey, we 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 stay in it because what's the alternative, right? Right. <laughs> you know, I, I was I was seeing a doctor a month ago, and she's like, "This is a heavy burden for you, and you didn't sign up for it." And I remember I started crying. I'm like, that's exactly it. But it doesn't mean you back down. Bingo. Right? It's like, bingo. What happened on September 11th? Those firefighters didn't think twice. Yep. And that's sort of how I feel in context of why do I do this? 
because people need good news. Dude, there's my goosebumps. Yeah. All right, last one. You have your own late night talk show. Who do you invite as your first guest? It's a tandem. It's Conan and Andy. Oh, oh okay. It's Conan. I love those guys. I love, All right. I love Johnny Carson. The reason why I love Johnny was because of Ed McMahon. And I realized the reason why I love Conan so much is because of Andy. Andy. Andy makes Andy a Richter. cameo in Semi-Pro. Yes. It's a great movie. <laughs> so, so if Conan can make it great, but if it's just Andy, 100%. Like, I didn't even hesitate with that. So I love that. And Semi-Pro has one of the lines that I use in The Howling Place all the time is, everybody love everybody. <laughs> <laughs> the takeaway that I got from Semi-Pro was, F that s-h-i-t let's get out of here because there was a bear lose the bear you're right, right? The, when the bears the lose like blank that blank oh will ferrell so, so, just beautiful. so in context and i try not to use those words there are moments in my life where i just can't engage in in silliness and so you just like blank that blank we're out and there you go perfect ending for our show today boyd dunleavy it's this has been a real pleasure um i appreciate you taking the time to do this we're gonna follow you in boston um, make sure that you tag, you know, the howling place when you post and, um, wishing you the best of luck Thank and, you so much. and, we'll and we'd love um, to circle with you, you know, we'll do a, at some we'll point like, afterwards. Um, something on Facebook. I'll, yeah. I'll let you guys know how it's all going. So awesome. I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate this community. Dude, we appreciate you. I mean, that's the thing you know, we, you put up the walls and you just hope people enjoy coming inside and to hear that it is making a difference is that means everything to me. So what did, Ke what did Kevin Costner say? If you build it, they will come. There you go. God bless you, sir. Thanks Boyd. All right. Brother. Thank you. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening to the man up to cancer podcast. If you want to support our mission, visit patreon.com backslash man up to cancer. Monthly subscriptions start at five bucks less than a single cup of coffee at some establishments. And if you know a man struggling with the isolation that cancer can bring, let him know about us. The Wolfpack doors are always open. Big shout out again to the amazing team at Natera, developers of a new kind of test called Signatera that can detect recurrence as much as a year earlier than imaging. Ask your doctor if Signatera is right for you.